This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. You know, we got to get this spot done quickly because I'm starved. Mm -hmm. And you know what's always on my mind when I want something that isn't heavy at lunch? Right. The Poke Bar. Oh, yeah. At Zupan's. Zupan's. It's always on my mind Mm -hmm. because you can go in there and fill up your bowl for less than 10 bucks and have delicious fresh fish and i don't have to choose unlike going to a sushi bar where you pick one or two things i can pick three or four varieties and put them in that bowl create it the way you want to do it exactly same thing with their salad bar i do this i've been doing this salad bar every time i go in and do my shopping there i also swing by the salad bar that's good for you i need to do a little i need to do another visit or two to the salad bar but the poke bar isn't bad i feel a little healthy a little bit healthy when I'm eating that. Certainly. Uh, <laughs> if you also go to zoopans.com, you can also check out their great uh, Seller Z events, their regional dinners. They've constantly got those going on, and you can see the full lineup online at zoopans.com. And also, speaking of the sellers, they have an incredible selection of wine from all over the world. They do a really good job. We, mm-hmm. found, we found a wine there from uh, Badia Colto Bono, Ooh. where we went on our trip in Italy, and they're carrying it there. Very nice. So you got the three locations, Burnside, Lake Grove, McAdam, and of course, always, zoopans.com. Once again, for Portland's Food Scene Podcast, it's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus. And cue, cue the Court Johnson introduction, <laughs> kink.fm yeah. over there. So, uh, you know, I was thinking last night, I think a lot, once okay. in a while, yeah. some once in a while. It's unbelievable that we're coming up on, you know, the la- in another quarter, we will have completed five, five years. Five full years of Right at the Fork and podcast. Then, and right, three years of you sitting over there yeah. doing more than just engineering. Yeah, so, I, I have the, the occasional comment. I was going to say uh, funny comment, but it's not always the case. Yeah, you know, I f- kind of feel like I cut you off. Like I don't no. give you the opportunities to oh, no. you know, comment as much as you would like to talk. As a guy in the uh, in the business who, who uh, talks for a living and I have my own show on kink, right. I, I talk plenty. So I'm happy to sit in here and make sure our levels are decent. But you've got a lot of talent, so I think you could add, add some to the show. I'm sure you've got... Questions when you're paying attention. When I'm paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is where we record these while I'm also working. And so like sometimes I'm over here answering emails, pretending right, pretending right. to do my normal job. But I'm sure you that there are times you want in, to oh, sure. interject yeah, and yeah. then I, it's you gotta find when, the spot. I, well when it's important, I do. Yeah, well that's and true. And so I, I don't ever feel like I walk walk away from a uh, interview, a conversation that we have where I felt like, oh, I didn't get this in. I never, I've not felt that once. Right. And I think we've talked about this. At some point, we need to have a guest interviewer. Like I'm away for a month. Might be a good time. Sure. Or over the holidays, or just you do it. My, I, okay. I want to. I want to have that happen. Well, it might happen because you uh, you are going coming up on a uh, trip to uh, your. You know, you've got a few weeks where you're going to be out of the state. Yeah, we just signed two more people up to Barcelona last yeah. night, so that's cool. Um, still have another slot, um, another room are available. Yeah. But um, at any rate, now we've already planned all the podcast recording around that, so True. it looks like I'll I'll be here. But and they get pretty tight. We do a lot of them. We only record a couple of times a month, but mm-hmm. at this time of year, we're doing it a little more. Um, and last week, the reason that people are tuning in right now is to hear the actual interview, right, with Chantel Hilton of um, Seven Berry Saloon. Saloon. Yep. Wow, we did that. New, it's kind of it's, it's actually a jingle for this. You have a salmon berry saloon. No, it's a it's a bit of a twofer, as we say in the business, because uh, we also get to, t- to talk briefly with Mike, the, Mike Aldridge, Mike Aldridge, the chef, right, out so, at the Salmonberry Saloon. So, Salmonberry Saloon, if you're not familiar, is and you're going if you listen to this podcast, you'll be more familiar with it. It's out in Wheeler, which is one of the prettiest spots on the Oregon coast. Oh, yeah. Really, it's it's got views of the river and the la- and the bay with mountain views and um it's just spectacular and Chantel and her partner patrick took over the salmonberry saloon quite a while ago and they renovated it a long time they did some crowdfunding uh to get it rocking and opened it up in april of this year and then around about late june i think uh hired a new chef out of portland mike aldridge who yep. they brought who most recently was at urban farmer 
but he'd also worked for Vitaly Paley at Headwaters and also at Imperial. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, the guy is having a good time out there. He's revamped the menu. And so here's the deal with Salmon Berry Saloon. If you're not following me on Instagram, uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. The deck out there, the view, there is nothing like it on the North Coast yeah. where you can eat. Um, and uh, the food is fantastic. I have not yet suggested to anybody that they go or take anybody there that hasn't been impressed and happy with their dining experience. So I got really excited about uh, the place um, after I started, after Mike came. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed it before that, but then when Mike Aldridge stepped in and started making some incredible dishes from halibut collar to most recently his heirloom tomato salad is just fantastic. And they have a whole... Uh, I think it's a whole snapper, a whole rockfish. Um, and there's this dish. I, I will go through, you can look at the menu, but there's a, there are a lot of dishes, including a toast with avocado on it that's done really nicely. Everything's great. And on top of it, the view is fantastic. I happen to live near there, so it's a right. treat to because, be 10 minutes away and have yeah. a place to go. I was actually happy that there weren't a lot of great food options on the coast because it helped me lose a little weight. But now they're there, and they're fairly healthy. Yeah. So I can, if you know, I can even have the burger there once in a while. So at any rate, we wanted to have Chantel and Mike on before the end of the summer because most people have a propensity to go out to the coast in the summer, so give you an opportunity to know about it and head out there. They're open every day but Monday and Tuesday. And uh, then again in the winter, I'm sure they're going to need your business. Mm-hmm. The deck may not be as comfortable, but... Food's still going to be good. Food's still going to be great, and it's a, it's an option out there. So, um, Chantel Hilton, and then Mike. I'm sure you'll build some kind of transition in there. Uh, you, Gordon, it'll be seamless. You won't even notice. Yeah, there you go. Um, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard in Portland for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks in Portland, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And by San Pellegrino. Iconic, fresh, sparkling water with an extraordinary Italian heritage. It's a great, refreshing way to enhance any dining experience. Ask for San Pellegrino by name the next time you're having a great meal. Ever since its foundation in 1899, San Pellegrino has been a premium brand synonymous with style. Try it with your next meal and enjoy the difference San Pellegrino can make. So what's it doing out there today? Oh, it's beautiful. <clears throat> We've had sort of a, yeah, it's beautiful out here today. As always, lots of boats out. Nice. So, Court, are we just rolling? We are rolling. We are locked and loaded and ready to go. All right. So, let's start. We could have had that start, had that been the start, but we'll do that now. Well, hi, Chantal. Well, hello, darling. How are you? <laughs> I'm, oh, darling. It's nice to have guests that <laughs> refer to us that way. I, I have, I'm not calling court darling. You, you could. Why not? Yeah. I could, but I, I don't. Yeah. I'll, I'll, how about this? I'll start calling you darling. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. But no, Chantal, it's <laughs> great, to, great to hear um, your voice. Give us the Wheeler, Oregon weather report right now, because we're in what's going to be a warmer Portland today. It's Monday, the 13th of August. You know, it's actually quite warm here. It's a little foggy. Uh, there's an incoming tide that looks pretty strong. I'm watching a harbor seal play with something in the water right now. Nice. I'd like to be out there doing this with you. Someday we're going to figure out how to do the podcast from Manzanita or Wheeler or halfway in between. Yeah, sure. He should. (laughs) 
So listen, um, I have had the great pleasure. Uh, Court asked me just before we called you how many times I'd been to Salmonberry Saloon. And I'm guessing, my best guess would be over a dozen. I said a dozen, but I think it's more than a dozen times hmm. out there. So uh, Yeah, that sounds right. And that's just in the last, what, two, 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 three months? Maybe a little longer. When did you open? April, right? Yeah. So I think I had my yeah, first visit out there in April. So yeah, three, four months. But it's interesting because mm-hmm. um, of all places I go, that would be my, I could count myself as a regular there now. And I didn't have a regular place out at the coast. As a matter of fact, I was happy not to have great food to eat at the coast. I lost some weight. I saved some money and spent my dining dollars in Portland. Now I'm suggesting to everyone to get out to Wheeler as soon as they, as soon as they can on a beautiful day. And even if it's not a beautiful day, it's still nice. But, um, and eat the food that chef Mike Aldridge is making and enjoy the hospitality that all of you have curated. So, um, and this is a big deal because two years ago, let's say, that restaurant was a pit where you are, the space, not that <laughs> restaurant itself, but the space where you are was a pit and you and your, is it partner or husband? Partner. Partner. So, and your, your life partners and business partners. That's right. Still. <laughs> okay. Um, who used to be in the mu- music business here in Portland, decided to uh, take on a pretty big project, which was, as I said, a place that needed a lot of work and uh, turned out to be this shining, beautiful gem on the on Halen Bay. And um, I think everybody there started with a little, let's see how this is going to be. And uh, you just keep jacking it up. It's great. The food is great. The view is great. And I'm a big fan. So that's why we wanted to have you on. But what we really wanted to have you on for is to hear the story of how you decided to take on this project, which is now Salmonberry Saloon. How we decided to, to create this place? Yeah. What was... Give us the moment when it wasn't even a thought you were doing something else and then the opportunity came into your uh, radar. Yeah, well, Patrick and I went on a road trip, our first road trip together, and he brought me to Wheeler and pulled into the parking lot and said, I've always wanted to own that place. He has family history in Wheeler back to the 20s. And he and I were kind of getting out of our respective worlds intentionally. I was in music and he was in art. And uh, over the last 20, 30 years, music and art, the world has changed quite a bit. So we were both ready to do something else. And we've both always wanted to do something like this. Uh, Obviously, in the beginning, we've we've never run a restaurant before. (laughs) So we were a little naive. Um, But we're doing it now. It's five months in and, and we haven't lost our minds yet. So that's a bonus. <laughs> and obviously you're probably and it's fun. I mean, it's, and you're probably at the point where you can retire to Hawaii in 2021, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Everyone knows that there's tons of money in the restaurant business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, um, so when the space itself had been there for a while, I think a lot of people had looked at it, I would imagine. Um, and then when you saw what you had before you, did you underestimate the task at hand? And if so, looking back, would you have done it again? We absolutely underestimated. I don't think we really even estimated, actually. Honestly, I think we just, we wanted, we wanted it so much that we just kind of agreed that we would do whatever it took. And we did. (laughs) I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's. It was much more work than than I think we thought. You know, it took a year to renovate the building, and a lot of it was just cleaning all of the layers of of previous incarnations of the place. I mean, it's been it, the building's been here since the since the forties, and it's been a restaurant since then. <clears throat> so um, it was just a lot of yeah, peeling away the layers and renovating and and trying to create a home. Really, I mean, we live next door, so this is we kind of stay put on this little island that we <laughs> that we found. Um, but you absolutely would do it again. I, mean, I don't have any regrets at all. It's beautiful and challenging, and a mess and a war. <laughs> and you kind great. of you kind of are it. doing it again every single day, right? Or every week that you open, 
It, it can't be easy out there. As you said, you've never been in the restaurant business, so you're figuring out things as you go. You probably have a lot, you, the learning curve, you probably had a lot figured out in the last few months. And, and now... Yeah, my little brain has been on overdrive. Yes, the learning curve has been huge. And it is, it's every day. I mean, you wake up, you wake up every day and it just, it starts over and you kind of just have to be ready for anything. That's, that's the part I think about, about, about the restaurant business that I didn't know. I mean, coming from music, I booked a show every night for something like 15 years. And so I spent time, you know, in the hospitality and entertainment and food and, and drink world. Um, but running a restaurant is, is, it's a, it's a beast. <laughs> it's wonderful. Have you had any um, challenges where you thought, well, first of all, have you had anybody that you can go to, to help with some of the decisions, someone in the restaurant business who, uh, I know you have some employees out there who've worked at other restaurants, that much I know, but, mm-hmm. um, but do you have a resource or a mentor? <laughs> You know, I have a lot of friends who own bars and restaurants in Portland, so that's been nice. Um, but the challenge has really just been getting, like, three minutes when we can connect at all. So, uh, so far, I've exchanged text messages with, with all of them, and they've, they've given, you know, words of support. But there really hasn't been, like, a knockdown, drag out, here's what's going on, and here's what you should do. I have a wonderful accountant who's like a therapist, so that's been that's been nice. Um, and a lot of people here, I mean, people are attracted to this place from all over, and a lot of our staff, we finally settled into a really, really good, solid staff, and, and, and we have people who are smart and bright and creative and have worked, you know, in the industry for forever, so they're, they're pros. I mean, Mike is just mind-blowing every day. His food is just gorgeous, and he's a pleasure to work with. It's really, I mean, I'm, I, I have moments of gratitude throughout the day. It's really, this has just been such a special project, and it's such a special place. I mean, you know, just sitting on the deck, there's just this energy. There's something that happens that's But it that's was never there beyond. before. I had lived there before, and I'd never thought there's this little beacon of uh, food love over in Wheeler. It just never occurred to me. It was just another dive dive spot. Now there is, and mm-hmm. we can talk a little bit. You just mentioned Mike, Mike Aldridge, who's your chef, and you. he started, what, about a little over a month ago, I think, in July, correct? Maybe early July, something like that? <clears throat> so you had, He came on in June, but June uh, really was just sort of the, the cleanup from the first few months that we had. Right, so um, you had... A chef who, you, uh, cook who's... Yeah, you had another cook, chef there, an opening chef, and of course... That's who you created your initial impressions with, and then you upgraded, I believe. No, no disrespect to the gentleman who was there before, but um, you, how did you recruit Mike? How did that come? And that's Mike Aldridge, who I believe was previously, and correct me if I'm wrong, at Urban Farmer and Headwaters and also Imperial in Portland, among some mm-hmm, other places, right. too. So how did you find him, and how did that all come about? And we're going to talk to Mike a little later too so get his take on the whole thing yeah so he's just friends of friends i mean a good friend of his was my college roommate um leah who's our superstar bartender front of house manager um is good friends with him and he was living on the mountain on mount hood working on uh starting his own project which he's still he's still working on but um but decided that he could spend a summer or maybe more i don't like to think about him leaving but (laughs) um so he, uh, yeah, he packed up and, and moved out here, and it's uh, it's just been it's just been incredible since. I mean, we're 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 serving serving the food that we intended to serve when we opened, and I think for you know lack of experience and staffing out here. I mean, Wheeler's population, you know, four hundred and twenty something, and so finding a crew, you know, we've got we've got almost thirty people on staff. Um, obviously, all mostly part time, but it's really, you know, there's not a there's not a big pool to draw from. Um, so, yeah, that's he, he came on and it's just been, yeah. Well, it's tough because you got more. a couple of restaurants in Manzanita that were having a tough time. And my favorite spot before you opened up was the pizza place, Marzano's, in Manzanita. And they just closed their dining room. They're doing takeout only. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's tough to find because it's hard for people to be able to afford to live out there and work. So I, a lot of people right. in the service industry... 
I know quite a few at some of the other restaurants on the coast. They're working more than one job. You see them, you see them at breakfast in one place and dinner in another. So they got to piece it together themselves. Um, so let's talk a little bit because no one really has an idea. Um, what's Mike making? I mean, there are a couple of things that I absolutely love on that menu. I've fallen in love with your Chipino, which is. Um, this has been my summer of the, the Dungeness Crab in Oregon. I was never really that enamored with it until this summer because I've been going out to your place and then to Maylene's pop-up down in Neatarts and eating a lot of more crab. Um, so mm-hmm. that's great. The halibut collar is fantastic. I can go down the menu. I think I've memorized it because, as we said before, I've been there over a dozen times. Why don't you talk about some of the things that you're – excited to be serving so um and we don't talk a lot of food on this podcast but just so people salmonberry saloon is new to people and they don't really have an idea so let's give them an idea of what why they need to jump out to the coast to enjoy themselves you know it's really more um i mean we have different specials every night mike puts out like seven different specials regularly every night um and it's really i mean the the core is that we draw from our friends who are farmers and ranchers and cheesemakers and fishmongers in the area and so it's really it's it's more about what what's on hand that day um and it really does come i mean right from moon river farm is their superstars uh two ladies kaylee and lily uh, who are farming just up the river, and we are finally getting most of our produce from them. Uh, they're in their second year, and they're just rocking it. I mean, it's really, it's it's more about what's available. Um, and, I mean, menu-wise, he puts together just really fresh, simple dishes um, that are just, I mean, I, he, he shots came about it. <laughs> I mean, they're delicious and colorful and, and mind-blowing. I mean, it's just, it's a pleasure to to get to watch him make food. Yeah, and it, it's fun to see that kind of menu, and you're, uh, I can't say enough, although I have, you know, a picture says a thousand words on uh, my Instagram, Portland Food ADV. I've posted, I've he- heard comments from people whether I'm on your payroll or not, because I've been posting <laughs> so many pictures from the deck out there. It's just a great place to go in the, on a nice day. It's, uh, I never had that before just to go all right it's worth it just to run over there and have this view by myself for a little while so um so yeah and you're so close it's just what seven minutes away seven yeah seven to ten minutes from manzanita it's an easy drive um it's fantastic so so what was it like to you did um some crowdfunding i don't think it was kickstarter it was something else um, you did some crowdfunding, and what was it like to uh, assimilate yourself into Wheeler? Which, by the way, I just found out this weekend, Wheeler is named for one of the um, ancestors of Mayor Ted Wheeler in Portland. Did you know that? You should talk to Patrick. He's sort of the encyclopedia of history and, and place here. But yeah, that's right. That's right. And just an ancestor of the mayor. I had no idea. So... Um, Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I don't know how much more we need to know, but uh, I'm sure there's some some history in in Portland. How far back does this go, Chris? Yeah, ah. and w- yeah, where's the collusion? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Any collusion with the mayor to build that place? No. So, what were the biggest challenges for you in uh, building your restaurant out there from almost <clears throat> from scratch? Uh, it was kind of before scratch because we had to sort of. Yeah, take everything out. I mean, we inherited a restaurant that was full of uh, everything. It still had all the food and the booze and the dishes, and so we had to kind of clear clean house first, and then and then build. I think um, the build out actually wasn't that challenging. I mean, we just took it day by day and did what needed to be done, and learned a ton. We did a lot of it ourselves, um, so that really wasn't. I mean, time wise, you know, uh, it took longer than we thought it would which it always does, and it costs more than we thought it would, which it always does. Um, so I think we moved here in March of last year and thought that we'd be open by August or September. Yeah, <laughs> no, I remember the Facebook posts, and I was thinking, I'm getting excited about this, and then I'd check in once in a while, and nope, not yet, nope, nope, nope. So it did take yeah, a while. Yeah, we posted our progress, mostly because people asked, you know, people would ask 
daily when we're going to be open. And I wanted like an opening date and we just couldn't, we just couldn't give them a date or even a month. So, uh, so that, yeah, it, it took a while, but it, we did everything that we needed to do. I mean, it really, we couldn't have opened any sooner. So we moved here at the end of March and of 17 and we opened in the middle of March of this year, uh, which was, yeah, not a minute too soon. So, yeah. So what was the toughest thing? What, what was, fr- what frustrated you the most and what maybe gave you, yeah. What gave you the most headaches? Um, people, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, staffing's been, re- staffing's been a challenge. Um, we've had a lot of people just kind of come through and work for a little while and then move on. There are a lot of kind of travelers through, um, but just keeping, keeping enough people on the floor has been the biggest challenge. Um, and really with, with, you know, any sort of family of 30 people, there's always, there's always something, you know, family dynamics. Um, but it's, it feels good. It feels good to have this be a home for a lot of people. I mean, it's really, I would imagine, different uh, than, than having a restaurant in Portland where people can kind of go and have their own lives. I mean, this is a, you know, these are small towns out here and everybody kind of knows each other's business and, um, yeah, so it's we're 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 kind of on top of each other out here. <laughs> so uh, we've we've dialed it, and I feel like now it's you know we've, we're we're in a good place um, with our staff. But it's been that's that's been the biggest challenge and the biggest headache. There, everyone is a special flower. A special flower. <laughs> um, that's why. Yeah. Putting it so. But I really, I mean, I think by nature, I'm I'm I I'm a caretaker, and I think that that's that's helped a lot to kind of calm things. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can we can hear you a little hairy at times, but um, uh, what is? Do you have a feel for what percentage of your clientele is local, and how much are tourists? Uh, I mean, the locals I I know, and so um, right now, you know, we're at peak tourist season, so I'd say probably like thirty or forty percent local or or you know return customers and the rest the rest people passing through and those are the people um, you're going to have to really rely a, on in the winter the the 30 or 40 percent right generally what you're going to have left there's a little bit more and then that's, what i think is interesting about the uh travelers or the people coming in you're going to have a certain percentage from portland who have certain expectations of a restaurant in oregon and others who are from you know utah court of all places right and uh, out of state, who are are real tourists, and they're looking for clam chowder, fish and chips, which they're going to get there. Going to get right. do a good job, but they that, have different that's pr- and that's pretty much it. I know when my mom comes to visit, she's like, "Where's the clam chowder? Where's the fish and chips?" And exactly. Like, there is so much more, which they which is on the menu, and it's right. great. But they but you can go a little beyond that. But sure. I would imagine it's a little difficult, Chantal, to uh, cater to. I see it as three different audiences, right? Three different cl- You're sets of clientele. Right. Absolutely right. And and we can't. I mean, we just, <clears throat> I think that, that I've finally settled on, you know, we just, we're, we're going to make the food that we love and that we care about and that we think is important. Um, I mean, we do have to have clam chowder and fish and chips, but that's wonderful. I mean, we have, you know, rockfish coming off of the boats in Garibaldi weekly. Um, and so we're, you know, giving our money, giving our money to, to good places. Um, but yeah, it's, but you're, you're totally right. It's, it's hard and it's, you know, the most, uh, the most comments slash complaints we get, I would say, are from people who really just want to be comfortable. They want to get what they expect. They want the, like, you know, the, the thick clam chowder, um, and really don't, you know, don't think in the direction necessarily of, um, of, uh, you know, local agriculture or different kinds of food systems or economies. And that's fine and wonderful. And, and, and part of what we're doing here is giving people a place to come where they feel, you know, comfortable and taken care of and that things are familiar. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. We can't, we can't cater to everyone. So we just have to, I think the answer is just to do what we what we believe in. Well, you got the right things on the menu, I think, to take care of. You got a great burger, so there are a lot of different things to take care of, different tastes. Let's take a minute uh, right here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. It's been a favorite for a lot of people. For uh, They're celebrating their 75th year next year. Which is awesome. Yeah, who else 
I guess what? Huber's maybe in Portland that has been around that long, but right. no one's been uh, carrying the torch for service as long as uh, Ringside Steakhouse. And as of, uh, and very recently also the Fish House, which unfortunately closed. Yeah. So they were, um, if, if you haven't heard the story yet, they, in that space over at Fox Tower, the, um, the building, the a tenant wanted more space, and the Petersons decided that uh, they didn't have a younger generation that was interested in operating the restaurant business, so they decided to just stick with what they know really well. Mm-hmm. Not that they didn't know the fish house well, but they got an offer they couldn't refuse, I guess, for the space, and uh, and now they're... They're going to operate the steakhouse solely. The good news here is if you're a big fan of the onion rings, <laughs> it's all about those, the have, onion those rings. have always been in both places. And I, I had just this past weekend, I introduced a friend of mine to the onion rings. And if, if, if you've never had the ringside onion rings, you are missing out because they are perfection. I've, I had friends, two sets of friends here last month who enjoyed that, but also the lobster mashed potatoes, oh, which yeah. you could you could still get at Ringside Steakhouse. We did that too. And they have the after nine o'clock happy hour mm-hmm. menu, which is just as good as the Fish House is better than the Fish House's uh, happy hour menu too. Yeah. So, and not only that, of course, classic states service and an atmosphere. Did you know? I don't know if you knew this, Court, because. You have to be paying a little bit of attention. Portland Business Journal, Ringside One Best Restaurant in Portland. Uh, and a few categories as well. Not only Best Restaurant, but I think Best Service, Best Decor. That might have been it. Oh, I, the, may, I may be wrong on that, but listeners are certainly welcome to, to call me out. Yes, certainly. Easily the best service in Portland that I've experienced myself. I think so. Is at the steakhouse. It's, so. old, it's old school service. Right. It's You know, it's asking the right questions and knowing what you like when you come in, if mm-hmm. you've been there multiple times. So yeah, Ringside Steakhouse over on West Burnside. What's the the website is? Uh... RingsideSteakhouse.com. Yeah, there you go. That easy, and that's where you can also go and set up a reservation today. Yeah, and you can do that as individuals, or if you have a corporate outing, you're going to impress. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. We've had the Right at the Fork, the podcast now, for coming on five years, which is pretty crazy. Every time I think about that, mm-hmm. it's just nuts. Um, but I've always wanted to talk to someone on the coast about what it's like to operate a restaurant because there are completely different sets of challenges on the Oregon coast for a restaurant than there are, say, in Portland, because you've got to kind of store your nuts for the winter because uh, <laughs> that's going to be a tough winter. You haven't been through one yet that where you've been open. Um, have you okay. talked to enough some restaurateurs out there on some ways to um, ensure sustainability as you get through the winter? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, of hunkering down and, and slimming down and um, and just being creative about about how we do what we do every day. Well, that, um, and that makes it a little, it's really that, not predictable. And that's a little challenging because of what you just cited. So you need staff. But you need more staff in the summer than you need in the winter, so it makes it even more difficult because it's hard to be consistent and keep someone employed, gainfully employed, all year, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, we've actually, that, that's actually not, not as much of a problem as, as I thought that it would be because there are a lot of people who just come here for the summer, um, and then, you know, half of our staff goes to the mountain for the winter. <laughs> so um, it's really, yeah, that's, that's not as much of a challenge as as we thought that it would be. All right. So listen, I'm curious. When you said you were booking bands, Court might have more to ask about this than I do. Um, <clears throat> what kind of bands were you booking and where were you booking them in, in Portland? And would would you ever have had anything to do with Court's employer, kink.fm? Did you have any experience with these folks? Uh, no, I was, I was kind of more underground, independent, small venues, kind of experimental stuff. I mean, the music that I booked was all over the place. It was, you know, jazz and punk rock and hip hop. And it was kind of everything that was happening at Portland in the time. At the time I started in 2000 in Portland, uh, was a much, much different place. I mean, the community and the, and the music and art worlds were much more kind of insular and smaller. The audiences, you know, it was, it was musicians who would go to shows. We rarely saw somebody that we didn't know. (laughs) So it's a, 
it's a much different, uh, yeah, it's a different world now. So I booked a bunch of venues in Portland, and then I moved to New York and booked the Knitting Factory for a few years, um, and then came back to Oregon and did some farming and moved out here. You did farming? <laughs> a little, super, super small scale, just CSA for, for friends, but that's kind of where my where my interest and love for, for the kind of food that we're making comes from. I mean, I yeah, I started started selling seedlings and that was maybe one of my favorite things in the world to do to start something from seed they're just such adorable little plants and then they make food it's such a simple thing but it definitely has to do with what we're doing here now and where did you grow up i think i've asked this but i don't recall that's my memory uh kind of all over i was born in hawaii um and then i lived in vienna austria off and on for a while uh, Eugene, and then moved to Portland in 91 when I was a junior in high school. So I don't know if I can call myself an Oregonian, but I moved to Eugene, uh, yeah, just after eight for the first time. So well, I think you all can. over the place. I think you can. Is there something about, um, have you felt, well, it's an easy way to ask the question. Is there something special about living on the coast that you had an experience when you were living in Portland and Eugene? And other areas, because I feel it. it. To me, it's like a, the ions just line up, and uh, it gives you a certain quality of life. Oh, it's. I mean, it's 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 kind of indescribable. <clears throat> I mean, it's especially this part of the coast to me. Um, just kind of knowing the history of the place and the land, um, and I mean the ocean. There's there's nothing like the Oregon coast. I don't. You know, it's. I hate, I've been using the word magical and I sort of am, I hate using that word. <laughs> There's got to be a better kind of more, yeah, intellectual sounding articulate word for what this place is, but it's just, it's indescribable. I mean, it's, you're right, the ions line up or whatever it is. I mean, it's just, you know, I think people's bodies feel different out here and it's just so breathtakingly beautiful. Especially there. And by the way, <clears throat> magical is a great word. It's not It's not the A word, the amazing word that we have banned from the podcast. Oh, you said it. Well, I can say it if I'm saying it in the context. It's like, it's like an attorney. I get a waiver for saying it. Yeah, right. I didn't use it to describe yeah. anything I was using. It. But at any rate, um, yeah, it, there, is, there is nothing like it. And so now I think... You know, people are always asking where to go eat on the Oregon coast, and my list has included a few places in Astoria, because I think that that and Newport have always been, in my mind, chock full of the best restaurants that you can find on the coast. Now I'm going to add you to the mix. I always do. And it's nice to have you there. So I, I'm a little bit torn, because when I start recommending people, and I and a lot of people have said we went, I met some people at the... Uh, the house on my street who were in from uh, Oklahoma, actually, they said they loved it the other night. So I'm a little torn because if I keep telling people to go to Sam Berry Saloon, I'm going to be uh, knocked out of my little outside deck seats pretty soon if they keep going. Well, but if you don't tell them, then there might not be a Sam and Berry Saloon for you to come to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I'm not holding yes, back. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the risk. But- I think it's it's worth the risk. Well, you can always come when we're not open, and we'll cook for you. How about that? Oh, you heard it here first. Right now, we have it recorded. Yeah, so that that means Monday. <laughs> no Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, I'm gonna court. Can you just give me a little uh, wave file of that, or even a GIF with a picture of Chantal? <laughs> right. And I'm going to send that to her and say we cook. But so I brought that up because as we I were didn't talking, say what we cook for you. Oh, all right. So I'm getting, I get getting uh, popcorn. Yeah, I was going to say popcorn. I was gonna, or warm peanuts. Popcorn. Uh huh. And you can help me do the ordering and and clean the bathroom. Oh, there's work involved. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> so, um, but I just was thinking while we were talking, you and I had talked about doing an event out in Portland. We're going to figure this out, and it looks like. My friend Maylene from Olympia Oyster Bar is interested, so we're going to find a date in late October and or early November or mid-November to bring Mike in here, and we're going to do an Oregon Coast dinner at Olympia Oyster Bar featuring Maylene, who's been doing her pop-ups in Neatarts this summer at um, Nevor Shellfish Farm, 
And also, mm-hmm. I'm really okay. excited to not only be involved with you guys, but one of my favorite places all since I've lived here, I've said one of my favorite restaurants in Oregon, hands down, is Local Ocean Seafoods in Newport, which I have to take you to. We've been talking about that. And we're going to get Enrique Sanchez in, I believe, for that dinner. So we're going to have a three-way collaboration cooking the best seafood available in on the Oregon coast. So that's a stay yeah, tuned job. Yeah, by chefs who, yeah, by chefs who live it every day. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're who who want to impress too. Who want to showcase? You know, Mike's going to want to showcase what's going on, and we alert in, of course, local ocean down in Newport, right on the bay there. Um, that's going to be pretty cool. So we're finding a date. So I hope you put it on your website because I love when my restaurants that I deal with actually put it on their website and. Um, <laughs> And I'll put it, well, they don't always, you know, it used to be that I did events and I just said, let me do it all. But there's so many events now. Um, Life has changed a little bit. So do you have, do you? Well, I'm I'm excited about this event. I mean, as somebody who's, who's done events for, you know, most of my adult life, this is, I'm, you know, I'm really excited about this one. I think it's just, it's, it's sort of everything that I love that's going to end up being in one place. It's really Great. And somehow Patrick and I are going to leave the restaurant and come for it. I don't know how yet, but we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll just we'll do it. on. How about we do it on Monday or Tuesday? Awesome. That's Does perfect. That, that yeah. makes sense. I say let's go Tuesday. Yeah, I like better Tuesdays for... better than Monday. Well, either one. I just don't like Sundays. But so are you doing events out there? Are you doing you ever going to have any music on the deck? That would seem to and, and some artwork on the walls. I'm happy to provide some photography for you guys. Yeah, you know, I, I as the daughter of a jazz singer who spent, you know, a lot of time with my mom singing in people's sort of, you know, captive audiences, but a lot of kind of hotel gigs and people talking over the music, and I hesitate to put anything on the deck, um, you know, during dinner or lunch hours, but I think maybe later night. But after, we also have Oh, after the 10, on a nice summer night. A, yeah, we can do that, but... We have the upstairs, which is a raw space that we haven't started on yet, but it's probably about a 200-capacity venue with a stage, uh, and there's a bar up there, and it's it's a raw space. And so as soon as, you know, we make our first million, <laughs> um, no, we'll, uh, we're, we're figuring out how to get it up and running. You're, talk- you're, I talking, can kind of scratch. you're talking million pesos, I would imagine, right? That wouldn't take as long. Yeah, I mean, it just really, it's, it needs new floors and new windows, and we can do all of that ourselves. But that space is potentially, you know, I'm going to have a blast kind of booking, you know, I, I'm, I don't have to book a band or four bands every night. You know, I can just do really, really special things with friends who um, probably would love to, you know, even fly out and play in Portland. And then um, some friends and I uh, have been talking about making kind of a little coastal tour route, Um so a band can come to Portland and play for the big bucks and then come out to the coast. And not that it would be smaller bucks out here, but play, you know, two or three venues and just kind of toodle along the coast. Um, so we're excited about that. That would be nice. And I could see you, booking, yeah, the, I could see you booking some weddings in that space someday. Cause that's a gorgeous spot to be. Yeah. And we get, I mean, I probably get a phone call every, every other day asking, you know, to rent the space or to have a reception or a reunion or a workshop. Oh, really? Or, and that's really, yeah, oh, all, all the time. And bands calling to see if they can play here. And so I just have to keep, you know, soon. I, but, yeah, we don't we don't know how long it'll take to get the upstairs ready. And actually right now it's, you know, figuring out how to run a restaurant as newbies is kind of enough <laughs> for now. So through the summer we'll, we'll keep kind of dialing it in and learning and growing and and rolling with it and then um i'd I'd say by next summer the venue will be open um and i'm excited just to do really really special interesting things that i couldn't do when i was booking daily because there just wasn't the bandwidth to come up with really good creative events so i've enjoyed working on working on this this one with you it's reminded me how much i love putting things like that together. Oh, we just start. We just start. We just talked about it three days ago, so we'll get it together. It's going to be more fun. fun. And I would like to, I think you just need to do this generally, but um, I think it'd be funny. Have you ever seen the movie Funny Farm with Chevy Chase? Oh, yes, of course. So you need to have a cue the elk deal so that when, when the right thing is happening, you can have the elk over 
across the river. Is that, by the way, is that the river or the bay where you are? Because it turns from we, a river to a bay. We're right in between. I'd okay. say. I'm, I would say we're still we're still in the river, um, but I mean, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at the bay right now. Right. So, so some of the most spectacular views. views. So. I really f- hope that people understand that this is just not a, uh, I wouldn't have asked you on the podcast if you were just a, another dive on the coast that opened. I, I wanted you on the podcast because A, you're a special person. I've gotten to know you and you you guys are really cool out there. But B, I really think you have something special out there that's going to be uh, become more interesting as you go but also more popular as you go i think you've got uh not to compare it because it's not fair to them it's not fair to you but i think you kind of have another local ocean seafoods on on that we have something like that on the north coast now because there's never been mm-hmm. when blackbird moved into manzanita that was a place that was different and and special and people cited it that closed and we just since since i've known it there hasn't been you know, other than maybe Wanda's and Nehalem for breakfast and lunch, there hasn't been a real spot you can point to and say, oh, no, you need to go there. So that's why mm. we had this, and I hope people understand that and go sit on your deck or even inside uh, on any day because it's a, it's a good deal. Yeah, and it's really, a, I mean, this is a really special place. I've traveled all over, and, and you know, I'm... I'm happy to be settled here, and that's something that I never thought <laughs> that I would find. You know, this is just a really, this is really just a beautiful, special place. It is, and I'm just, I'm pleased that we've gotten to be friends because, you know, I saw somebody was doing something at the Salmonberry Saloon, and it went on for a long time, as you know, following, so I follow on Facebook, who are these folks, and then I went when it first opened, and uh, as is the case, I always have a comment or two. I try to help, <laughs> and that's how we yes, get. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> that's how we got to be friends. So I have a few friends in the in the restaurant business who it started out, you know, when they were new. So uh, I, we we're going to get the chance to talk to Mike if he picks up the phone. I assume he will. Um, Mike, he will. He's ready for you. He's right downstairs. Good. Your chef, Mike Aldridge, and who's a really nice guy, and. Um, I love when he brings out and serves his delicious food. Um, I will say this. Here's a high compliment to you. I've gone to your restaurant once the other night with my Fred, friend and also who happens to be our, our wonderful sponsor, um, Craig Peterson from Ringside Steakhouse. So he's got a little bit of knowledge, um, and he loves your spot. <laughs> he absolutely loves your spot, and he's, uh, he raves about it. So... Um, oh, that's so wonderful to hear. Yeah, so it's a nice it's nice to be able to go out with him. The only uh, only place I'd been before that was to the uh, what is it the VFW or the something in Cannon Beach for their monthly fish fry or something. So now we got somewhere better to hang out. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chantel. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You know, I just thought of one last thing that yes. I would love to mention. Please do. Um, I'm. I spent a year, you know, I'm a wine lover, but I spent a year really learning about about wine, and I think that we have a pretty incredible wine list. It's full of really hard-to-find Oregon producers, um, a lot of natural, you know, minimal input wines, a lot of uh, farmer winemaker wines. We've got a really strong collection of wine here that I'm really, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And so, any wine lovers... Um, I'm glad oh, you brought that up because it's not the first thing I'm always thinking about, but other people need to do that on behalf of all the wine lovers out there. And so you're doing that. Right. Yes. If you love wine and you're interested in the wine world and in how it's produced and yeah, come here because we have a lot of it. So let me ask you this. That's a good question. Um, for those people, I get asked all the time if there are any wineries in the North Coast to visit. Um, and I don't want to put you in the position to slight anybody, but... Are there any that are exceptional that people could go visit, or is it really mostly or other places and you're bringing, you have Oregon wine there? You know, I hate to say it, but I, I mean, restaurant people will understand this. I have pretty much not left the building <laughs> in the year that we've been here. So we really haven't, we really haven't explored, um, 
yeah, we really haven't explored but you've it. Had that? I know there are some wine shops in Cannon Beach. Um, there's the Nahilme Winery, which is right up the road from us. Um, but I really haven't. I really haven't explored, and I should. Well, you that that brings to mind. We should have mentioned this. Uh, the victim of the tornado was was uh, Vino in Manzanita, which I loved. That was like the, a wonderful right. local hang, and now Dixie has a wine shop in Manzanita. That's not really what I was looking for. You can get some great wines there, but I don't necessarily know that they're North Coast wines or that you're serving North Coast wines. That's what I was really after. You, is there anything really local that uh, is good, or do you find that mostly in Dundee and elsewhere? Yeah, you know, there aren't a lot of grapes growing out here. I mean, it's it's, it's starting, you know, 30, 40 miles inland probably. Um, but Laurel Hood, uh, who has a wine shop in Cannon Beach uh, and is a winemaker herself and um, and a few of the kind of wine nerds who I know, um, one of them, Gaston, who is, who, who is probably my favorite wine rep, um, has helped her with her harvest, uh, and she makes a Pinot Noir that is... That is um, I think I've heard the word unparalleled used. Um, it's just a matter really of the word, only kind of wine person that I know out here. Just a matter of where to put the L's in the word un- unparalleled. You got to get that right. That's right. Well, when That's you're talking, right. it's easier. So, um, anything else that that we may have missed that you want to mention, just to clean things up? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I'm distracted right now because I'm watching. Harbor seals <laughs> playing in the water. Um, I think it's just. I mean, I just want to share this place with people. It's it's a. Uh, it's just so different from anything I've ever done. And I mean, this is our home. You know, we 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 live we live here, <laughs> um, and we've decided to settle here. And I just think it's. I just yeah. I just want to share this place with people and and feed them. At the same time, yeah, and it's just a spectacular vista. So even from not from one hundred one, there's a spot like a quarter mile south that when you look and you see the mountains and the river, it's just fantastic. So Wheeler's a little sleeper spot, and you're going to bring it into the into the forefront a little bit. So thank you very much, Chantel Hilton, with a Y. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, and um, we'll uh, talk to Mike, and we'll see you soon. And we're looking forward to. Uh, putting this thing together in October and November. Yeah, this event will be really fun. Great. Enjoy the seals. All right. Thank you. I will. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hello. So, Mike, we wanted to take an opportunity, as long as we were just talking to uh, Chantel, um, who talked a little bit about meeting you and bringing you out to the restaurant and uh, what you brought to the table, so to speak. We wanted to uh, take a moment and hear your perspective after working at some pretty cool restaurants in Portland, and now you're uh, running the ship, so to speak, at Salmonberry Saloon. What do you have to say about that, Mike, all in a nutshell? <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible opportunity to um, represent uh, both a beautiful building, a historical building, a historical area, um, and just an incredible uh, abundance of food and source uh, local or locally around me. I mean, there's so much stuff within 50 miles of me. I'm, I'm pretty set up, so it's pretty amazing. So when you came out there, did you I would assume you had different relationships with some of the fishermen and some of the farmers from the di- from Portland, you've probably established more solid relationships now with some of them out there. Yeah, yeah, I've known a couple um, just through friends and working in Portland, um, and having you know the people that had migrated out here from uh, Mount Hood. Um, yeah, being able to get hands on and actually meet them face to face and see their product and touch their product and use it has been pretty incredible experience in the short time I've been here already, so I'm kind of looking forward to doing a lot more of that. So how does the relationship work? I'm curious, because I'm an East Coast person, so there's always, you know, how how the politics of relationships work. Are they really trying to, uh, are, are, let's say, fishermen or farmers, are they trying to get on your good side? Are you trying to get on their good side and impress them? Who's trying to impress who more, or is it, a, is it more of a mutual thing? I think it's not so much about uh, trying to impress anybody as it is um, just 
trying to sustain and, and put the best product to the guests and customers. Um, we both have a lot of pride in what we're doing. And so I think uh, from the people that I've talked to, fishermen, ranchers, farmers, um, it's all a very even playing field as, as far as just we just want people to have good, fresh food. Um, and we don't want to have to outsource it and when it's there's so much right here. So it's really cool to see uh, you know a group of farmers and fishermen that all work separately but all work together at the same time and nobody tries to undercut each other or you know, nobody's lowballing anybody else and stuff like that. And everyone's basically just trying to put the best food on a plate. So that, so that, that same... Uh, team collaborative spirit that we see in Portland where restaurateurs are recommending each other and chefs love each other. Same thing's going on with suppliers out there. No, cause you can, yeah. g- you can go a lot of places to buy your fish, I would imagine out there. And so you have to make your choice and you're obviously making it based on quality of product and a relationship, right? You want to like the person that you're dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah, exactly. And then make it a point to, you know, meet and talk to everybody. And, you know, I mean, just last night, you know, I was sitting at the bar, I met a tuna fisherman. He's like, oh, you know, he can seem like a great guy. He's a local guy. And one of my bosses said he's a, you know, great, awesome dude. So I try to pick up some tuna from him next week in the next couple of weeks. You know, and that's, I'm not, I'm not grounded to any specific fisherman, you know, who's ever um, fresh and local at the time and has got products that they need to get rid of. I'm, I'm into helping them. Cool. So listen, for those, because we do actually have listeners who are not from Oregon. We have listeners all over the world. For those people, can you do a little sales pitch about what makes the Oregon coast, so the food on the Oregon coast so special? Before it gets into your kitchen and before you do something with it, what what makes Oregon stand out? I just, um, I mean, the purity of our waters and it's just a natural tributary. Like, I mean, Newtart's Bay is just the most pristine, um, some of the most pristine waters, you know, in the, in the Northwest and, and in the world, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to oysters. Um, you know, we, we're not finishing manila clams in there, too, and the, the fish that comes off our coast, too, our rockfish is, you know, uh, to me, one of the best fishes in the world to eat, and I've eaten a lot and a lot and a lot of fish <laughs> in the past few years, um, and I just, you know, I can't get past our rockfish, and so it's, you know, the passion that goes into what people are doing out here, I really feel like it's a proper taste of Oregon and a re- representation of, you know, where we should go with food and um, our connections to it. You know, I just think that everybody should know their fishermen and their farmers and you know, be as close to their product as possible. And being a, being in Oregon really allows you to do that. Have you traveled? Um, have you eaten seafood, to, uh, you know, elsewhere in the country and all over the world? Uh, I've been mean, can't really say all over the world, uh, Dominican Republic and Mexico. Um, so, but I mean, I grew up on the lakes fishing and uh, grew up on fish in, in North Dakota and stuff like that. So, uh, everywhere I go, I make sure I get a fish dish if I haven't seen it before. What, what were you? Out. What were you eating in North Dakota? I said because I got a good friend in North Dakota, and I don't think he's. Oh, right. walleye! The best, the best eating fish that there is in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Really. <laughs> Yeah, you can't beat it. So, would you ever would you, would you ever bring any in so we can try it sometime? Uh, well, can you do- what, what's something that's really cool is well, I mean, it is and it isn't really cool. It's cool for me, but uh, the Columbia River is one of the biggest trophy walleye fisheries in the world. Um, but it's hard to source it out of there because it's an invasive species and there's no real able way to buy it. So. I've looked into it and figured out how I can try to do it and try to do it, but I'm still talking to people to see if I can figure out how to get fresh walleye here from the Columbia. All right. We'll, we'll, see, what, we'll see what happens. It's, it's, it's so a hard process. I'll give you a goal. I got uh, my best friend from North Dakota is coming out at the, I think, around the end of August, early September. Okay. So I think it would be really fun to serve him up some uh, Columbia River cut. Walleye. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. If not, I'll serve him some fresh link cod like we used to cook it back home, and he will really know the difference. All right. That would be great. <laughs> so so what's uh, Chantel mentioned, and you've told me about your interest in opening a place up in uh, at Mount Hood. Um, are, you a, are you more of a mountain boy or a, a coastal boy now? You know, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, I've lived on Mount Hood for 10 years, and it's it's got a huge piece of my heart. I own a house up there and, um, 
you know, I've been working on opening up a restaurant, a steakhouse up there in a historic building uh, built in the 1930s. Um, but yeah, I mean, the coast is amazing. And like a lot of people said, I was going to fall in love with it and have in a, in a really short period of time. So being able to work at both places and, and bring fresh products from both close to Mount Hood to Mount Hood and close to the coast to the coast is would be an amazing opportunity. Oh, good. So you're still moving forward with your, your Mount Hood plans. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Slow and steady wins the race, obviously. So I'm um, just taking my time and making sure I do all the things correctly. Good. So what are, outside of the restaurant, what are you uh, enjoying doing uh, when you're in? And do you, by the way, you get back into Portland at all, or are you just in, in at the coast full-time now? Uh, pretty much at the coast the whole time now. Um, I only really get one day off a week. I was fishing. I was fishing this morning, so I try to get as much fishing and crabbing done as I can on my day off. Uh, and then I'll probably go back out after I get off the phone with you, actually. So, see, I uh, love I love the dedication, man. Because I, from where I come, my mindset, and I don't know about yours, Court. Like you're, on, you know, you work. You probably want to get away from microphones uh, when you're, <laughs> if I can, yeah, mm-hmm. as much as you can. Yep. So, but the one thing I've learned about. Excellent chefs who love their craft, they, on their days off, th- there's nothing they enjoy more than cooking. Right. And I would think that would not be the case, but I have learned to just, that's what it is. So you want to be around fish more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, you know, I got pot, crab pots soaking right now. So as soon as I'm off on with you, I'm going to go pull those and hopefully sit on my deck and eat some fresh crab and drink a couple beers and watch the sunset later tonight. <laughs> Good deal. Do you get the opportunity much uh, as we're closing here? You get the opportunity much to sit on that beautiful deck at your restaurant to enjoy it. I know you come out once in a while and you sit for about forty-five seconds because that's all you can do, and then <laughs> yeah, you're back I mean, in the kitchen. I try to do that three or four times a day and 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 take in some fresh air and take in the view a little bit. Um, but I, you know, as you know, I live right next door and pretty much have the same deck, so. I like to sit on that on my days off as well and just kind of watch birds go by, watch the fishermen catch the fish that I can't catch, obviously. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> so do you have any yeah. of your uh, your industry pals who've come out and enjoyed it, or are you still waiting to... We're, I'm hopeful that this podcast gets some of your chef friends out there to uh, yeah, try your food. Too. Yeah, me too. I've had uh, one of my buddies, Luke, uh, he's the pastry chef over at Nostrana. He came out and had a really good time. Um few other friends just personal friends have stopped too and are really really excited about what i'm doing and really impressed by the food so hopefully we get the word out and get some people in here and start doing some events and stuff like that and it'll be a lot of fun cool it's pretty magical i want to share it with some of my friends so great and we i just we just talked about it with Chantel. we're in the process of putting together a portland food adventures dinner with you and i hope enrique uh, along with Maylene at, from Olympia Oyster Bar, and that's going to be exciting, and that's going to be fun, because you, you are all living and breathing the Oregon coast, uh, the bounty of the Oregon coast, so I think that's going to be a fun thing. Yeah, I can't wait to experience that. That'll be a lot of fun. Cool. They're all good people, um, so uh, it'll be great. Looking forward to that. Anything else that you want to add before we go here? Uh, I mean, please give us a, you know, give us a follow on Instagram uh, at uh, Salmonberry Saloon. Uh, hashtag North Coast Food Trail would be great. Um, we're doing some really cool stuff out here, you guys. I wish, you know, everybody come out and see. It's not that far from Portland to get some really fresh seafood. So thanks for having me, you guys. I really appreciate it. Totally cool. It's great to meet you. And uh, I got to tell you, you're cooking the best meals I've ever had since I've lived on the coast. So um, Yeah, I appreciate or- that. Come get, come get some Chipino. Yeah, well, I've I've got I've had that a number of times. I'm, I, so uh, it's really good, man. Go get some more, Chris. Yeah, Just go get some more. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, by the way, what size crab is that that you? So you serve, with the chipino, you get a half crab. What size crab? You get a half whole crab, commercial size crab. I mean, they run anywhere between like probably I don't know, a half crab, about a pound, I guess, half pound, a little over half pound. Yeah. So they're two pound, pound crabs to start. They're they. Yeah. I have to say, for years, I was never a big proponent of Dungeness crab because it's so much work, but somehow it doesn't feel like that. Plus, when you're sitting on that beautiful deck, who cares how much time you're spending? Picking yeah, right, crab. exactly. <laughs> so, oh, one more thing. Uh, September 9th, uh, I got Portland Mercury invited me to do a chili cook-off for uh, top 10 new chefs in Portland. So 
Uh, that'll be at the Landmark Saloon on September 9th. Cool. So, I got a little surprise for everybody that's, that's doing chili. All right. A little crab in there, maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. And by the way, do you uh, want people to follow you personally on, on Instagram? Do you care? Or is it more of the restaurant you're interested uh, yeah, in? Yeah, me would be great, too. I mean, uh, I'm representing, you know, the farmers out here as best as I can. So I try to make sure they get a lot of follows, too. Uh, Moon River Farms, they're one of our big uh, purveyors of produce. Um, yeah, at the time of recent, I'm uh, HoodMike3356 on Instagram as well. Very so, good. Um, I know that's not your birth year. I absolutely know that. But so um, <laughs> you were not a March third, nineteen fifty six guy. But yeah, uh, no, a couple, a couple of lucky numbers. Yeah, a couple, a couple of decades good later. Old, <laughs> good old times. All right, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Mike. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right